All right, welcome into another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. I am your host, Rick McClatchy, staff pastor at the Rocky Butte campus of Manhouse in Portland, Oregon, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. We have one more kind of guest uh, speaker appearance on our podcast, although it is a recording of me, so maybe not quite a guest appearance, but we're going to listen to a session that I shared with our all church leadership team uh, back in January and uh, really just feel in the avenue of groups is something that uh, is an important piece, certainly of the direction our church is going in groups. And there's some structure stuff in there, but really there's a big heart piece I want you to hear. So we're going to go ahead and dive on into this session and I hope you enjoy and I'll pick you up on the other side. Awesome. Thank you, Jason. And uh, really, groups and dream team just flow right together. Um, so super excited to be able to speak to you guys again. Uh, such an awesome group of leaders. I agree with Pastor Mark. Like the, Just the honor to be on this team uh, is pretty incredible. And so I actually want to start off really quickly by reading just a couple of verses I had it queued up on my phone, and then it went away. So, all right, Exodus chapter 18, verse 14, it says, When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone? While everyone stands around, around you from morning until evening. Moses replied, well, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. This is not good. You're going to wear yourself out. How many have ever been there? How many are there? (laughs) But get this, and the people too. You're going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me. Let me give you a word of advice, and may God be with you. Yes, Lord, please be with us as we go about this work. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees. Give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people, capable, honest men and women who fear God and hate bribes. I love it. Appoint them as leaders over groups. So, now, I would finish it, but you guys all know that story. So, now, we all understand that, I mean, that's team of team concept right there, right? That's, that's cascading levels of leadership, teams of 1,000, 100, 50, 10. But it's really, I mean, that's what groups do. Groups build people. Because 
I love Dream Team and I am all about Dream Team, but it's not enough on its own because not everything happens on a Sunday morning. Guys, this year we want to step a whole nother level into building everyday Christians and not, not just Sunday Christians, not just people that come and they do their duty and they check off their boxes and they go home and they feel good about themselves because they help make the coffee, they help serve the cookie, they pass a bucket, whatever their role might be, important roles, all of them. But if we let them go and they think that that has accomplished all of the purposes that God has called them to, we're missing it and we're missing it huge. We're actually really messing people up. And so I am so passionate, guys, that we step into groups this year because groups is, like Jason said, if you don't hear this today in the filter of what Daryl started out talking about, like we're local and we're global. Well, Paul needed somebody, Saul needed somebody, you know, he was Paul by the time somebody came alongside him. Paul needed somebody to come alongside him. So who are you coming alongside? Who are you coming alongside? Who are you training then to come alongside someone else? Because if we only come alongside other people, we're really just doing the Moses thing all over again. We're being the man of God or the woman of God to that person or those people. So guys, we already covered, you know, groups as part of the big four. Groups is such a significant piece of what is going to happen in our church because it's going to help the discipleship piece of our church really hum. People don't want to come to church today because we live in the culture that Pastor Mark so eloquently described, but they'll come to Starbucks. They'll come to their friend's house and have a barbecue. They'll come and kick a soccer ball around. They'll come and run with you even when no one's chasing you. I don't understand it. That doesn't make any sense. They'll come and they'll ride bikes with you, play Frisbee with you, watch the Seahawks. Oh, sore subject, too soon. So um, we need to be on the Y groups now. Okay, sorry, I know I'm hard to follow. So Y groups in city, uh, oh my goodness, that was close. (laughs) A buck? Um, Okay, only a dollar because I only used part of it. I said, say. (laughs) Why do we have groups at Manor House? Hey, I've been here a long time, all right? Almost 22 years, so. Um, Okay, why do we have groups at Manor House? It's because we want people to develop life-giving relationships because true life transformation happens in the context of life-giving relationships. What defines a group? What are we talking about? It isn't just a people that get together and play soccer together. That's called playing soccer. So what, what, I'm very, I'm a very smart guy. I, I say very smart things all the time. So 
What defines a group? It's, it's reaching. It's reaching others far from God. And I'm, I'm with you, Pastor Mark. We gotta, we gotta build this into our groups. You gotta be thinking and talking and talking some more and living it and modeling it. Because if I stand up here and I say, hey, everybody, uh, put your finger on your chin. Nobody did anything. So point proven. It's really hard to get people to do anything. So um, this is a really tough crowd. I was not prepared for this. So now I'll tell you what typically happens in normal groups, okay? In, in normal groups, if you say, put your finger on your chin, a lot of people will put their finger on their nose, even though you said chin, because the suggestion of what you're doing is stronger than the suggestion of what you are saying. And so what are we doing to model from, very, from leading groups to then what do you lead within that group? So reaching others from uh, far from God, gathering. As we gather people, the knowing and being known and caring for one another peace, so critical that people are known, that they're not a number, that they're not just a, a, you know, a cog in the machine, but they are a person that is valuable before God Equipping, mentoring others to mature in their faith. Oh, I'm telling you what, it is really, really exciting when you have a group of people around you that are growing in their faith and they're sharing with you the victories that they had because, wow, we read that verse together. You prayed for me and man, the group, we were talking about this thing and, and God really started to move me and it was crazy. It's, I've never experienced this before in my life. And now I want to do more, you know, and they grow because they have people alongside them. And then leading, training others to lead and multiply. So we're not satisfied with just getting a group together and being a group. All right. I'm really excited. Uh, about a year and four months ago, I started a group on Friday mornings. Because I thought to myself, this is just, you know, terrible admission. I might lose my job, so it's been really fun working with you all. Um, I really, I thought to myself, um, you know what, I'm like, the, I'm like the group's pastor at Rocky Butte. I should probably lead a group. Because, um, I mean, I, I had led groups, you know, but I just, for, you know, life got busy and whoops-a-daisy, I'm not leading a group anymore. And you know what? Nine, 10, 12 months went by not leading a group. Did I notice? Barely. Do you know, well, do you know why? Because I'm busy, man. I got, I got all kinds of stuff going on. And every time I would sit down and think, who am I going to get in my group? And when am I going to meet? I'm so stressed out. Oh, is I realized if I'm going to tell people to be in groups and to lead groups, I better freaking figure it out, man. So, so I pulled, so I pulled out my calendar. Walter's like, oh Lord. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Last year, he made me say what I was going to say before I said it. <laughs> I built too much trust. And so next, next time I'll have to say it again. So uh, 
Okay, so I looked at my calendar and I said, okay, um, you know what? It's weird. Six o'clock in the morning on Friday mornings is never full. <laughs> it's, all, it's always available. So I, I thought, you know what? That's a perfect time. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pick a Starbucks that's close to my house. Being completely self-centered, okay? It's, it's easy for me. It's a time frame that works. It's close to my house. Boom. All right, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to, you know what? If nobody even shows up, I'm just going to take my Bible and my headphones. I'm just going to do my devotions and have a good time with Jesus. So, man, I figure I can't even lose. <laughs> I invite a couple people because how many know they're afraid? Nobody's going to show up to their group and they're going to be alone. It's real. And so, <laughs> I would. I was scared. I'm going to have an altar call for one right now. So, so thank, now thankfully, I invited a couple people, and guess what? A couple people showed up. We had a really simple strategy. We're going to read a chapter of the Bible together. We're going to pray together. We're going to hang out and just talk and drink coffee. And we've been doing that now for 16 months um, I, I've literally, I got like 30 people that I text regularly about the group, you know, 15 to 20 show up every week. Four new groups have started out of this group. Two other guys are like, I hear you're talking about this freedom thing. I think I want to get involved in that. Or, you know, what else can we be going? And and my wife and I got started reaching out to our neighborhood. And so I'm just sharing my testimony of us reaching out to our neighborhood and trying to get to know our neighbors. And they all want to know what's going on. And they're all like, man, what can I do in my neighborhood? So I'm telling you guys, if you're not leading a group and six o'clock in the morning on, you know, is open, <laughs> just start meeting. It's crazy how many people are so hungry for community. But you know what we need is we need leaders that will step up and they'll make themselves available to be used by God. What happens in a group? It's very simple. You meet regularly. That's a really critical part of groups. Um, don't do digital groups. Now, you can use digital things to support it, but meet in person. Pray for the members of your group daily by name. Don't miss this one. This one is insane. Like the level, I mean, think about it, guys. If, if we put 150 leaders out there and they all had 10 people in their group, so we got 1,500 people that are pr being prayed for by name every single day. Does anybody here believe that prayer changes things? Does anybody believe that God listens to prayers then imagine what might happen if everybody in our church was being prayed for by somebody else in the church every single day by name. Think of it. Help members to identify and take their next step in their relationship with Jesus. I love that because it applies to everyone. You got Jimmy in your group and he doesn't know Jesus. Well, guess what his next step is? Getting to know Jesus, you know? So like, but then he gets to know Jesus. Maybe he needs to be baptized. Maybe he needs to learn how to read his Bible. Maybe he doesn't know what prayer is. Maybe he doesn't know how to live life on a budget. Maybe he doesn't know how to get along with his wife. 
really powerful moment. Just a couple weeks ago, the guy in my group, he just stops six guys at the table where he just asked for prayer requests. He's like, hey, uh, I've been married for 24 years. And he's like, hey, uh, I need you guys to pray for my marriage. I'm not sure I love my wife anymore. And I'm telling you, if you see them on Sunday morning, you would have no clue that he's going through that. And what in the world made him willing to tell that to six guys sitting around a table? You know what? He's getting help. Actually, the Holy Spirit's doing most of the work because all, the, all six of the guys were like, bro, we got you. And hey, man, you should check out this book. It changed my life. Like I went through a time, whatever. I mean, it's crazy. I think it's not that ridiculous to say that that marriage is saved because of just being involved in the simplest of community. How many more testimonies could we have in our church if we work hard at getting people connected into community? All right. In the course of a group meeting, we just tell leaders to ESPN because it's a sports network. It's really easy to remember. You encourage people, you share scripture, you pray for people, and you encourage next steps. Because I always tell people, we always say the share scripture part because we don't want your encouragement to be like, buck up, buddy. Life will get better. You know, like, (laughs) um, it's been like two months. I'm still, how much bucking up do you want me to do? (laughs) All right. Okay, so I have... (laughs) Are you with me in heart and spirit now? Have, have I convinced you that groups are vital and important and you're, you're, you're all signing? Okay. <laughs> so now what we're going to talk about is a little bit of the structure that's going to hold this together, okay? Because... Um, one mistake we have made in the past is we have gotten group leaders going and then whoopsie daisy, uh, forgot to train, uh, continue to train and equip my group leader. So guess what? They, they burned out. They got in over their head. They didn't know what they were doing. They quit. And sometimes they actually end up worse off than when they started because now they feel like a failure. So we want to build a structure. Can you go ahead and go to the next slide for me? I want to build a structure that's going to support them. So we have, we actually mirror the dream team uh, uh, structure. So we have group ministry leaders, groups, coaches, and group leaders. And if you go to the next slide, um, I know it's a little overwhelming. Um, we'll just, just calm down a minute. So all, all, the, all the yellow or mustard or turmeric colored, if you will, um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's good for your joints, you know. I'm just uh, so. I'm gonna have to ask you to calm down a little bit because I only have a couple more minutes. All right. So, so the the turmeric colored is got group leaders, and so we have an idea um, called span of care, and span of care is a really critical idea for us to keep in our viewpoint. We don't want to lose it. 
because we, we've lost it a few times over the years. Um, and essentially, we want to take Dream Team and put them, equip them to do the work of the ministry. Sometimes we prepare pieces of ministry that are far too large for someone to do that is working a full-time job, um, trying to have a healthy marriage and manage their family and et cetera, et cetera. So span of care is we do not want to put anybody in charge of more than three to five people. Because three to five people, you can connect with them once a month on a pretty quality level without really denting, you know, your, I won't go there. (sighs) I'm trying to control myself. So, So the yellow under one coach should never be more than five boxes, okay? So no, no more than five group leaders reporting to one coach. Does that make sense? And then the purple level or lavender or, you know, whatever, I don't know, wisteria. Uh, okay, I like that. That's good. Um, so the coach level, there should not be more than five wisteria colored boxes underneath the ministry leader. And so get this, if you assume... 10 people per small group, and you put a group's pastor that could actually be non-staff because they only have to manage five people under them, like pastor, five people. If you have, um, if you filled out this whole chart, that one non-staff person can effectively pastor a church of 1,500 people. Is anybody else's mind blown right now? And the level of pastoral care, if the structure is followed, is way better than we're currently providing. Let's just, let me, let's just call it like it is, right? Let's be honest with each other. So guys, I am so excited. I've never been so excited about structure in my life. Um, I mean, you guys know I'm a, I'm a people person. I am not a structure guy, you know, like I just got my office clean, all right? So... Sheesh. All right. Like two minutes, we'll buzz through these last few slides. Uh, Next slide. Other details, affinities. Um, Affinities are kind of like what we used to call categories. It's just the types of groups that they are, interests, if you will. So men, women, marriage and family, reach, those kinds of things. We're now calling those affinities. That doesn't really matter to very many people except for us staff pastors that have to manage the behind the scenes stuff. Um, Group leader orientation, pretty excited. We're actually gonna go monthly, third Sunday of every month. And we're gonna bring it into the same time frame as Belong, actually. So um, no more excuses. And actually it's gonna save us a bunch of money in childcare and food and stuff. So um, it's a budget thing, it's awesome. And actually we'll get more people involved. So that's gonna be really fantastic. And we're just focused on interest-driven groups. So if I go to, um, say, I don't know Ken, I'm like, hey, Ken, how's it going? Nice to meet you. My name is Rick. Hey, what do you like to do with your, you know, your spare time? He's like, well, I like to play golf. Duh. And um, uh, what else? You like to read books because you're a really smart guy. And you, you like to drink tea. No. What's a, what's, a good third, what's a good third thing? Help me out here. I'm running out of time. Yeah. Seahawks. Okay. Okay. Ooh, cool. That's awesome. So I, I had a, I had a 32 go Hawks. I had a 32 second conversation with Ken and I already have three great ideas about what kind of a small group he should lead. 
he could lead a golfing group. They could watch golf. They could play golf. They could talk about golf. I mean, there's a number. I really, I thought about 27 different kinds of groups he could run. Really, we're just going buck wild over here. Okay, so <clears throat> he also likes to read books. So he could run a book club type of small group where they could get together. They could read a book and they could discuss it. Or what was the third one? Oh, Seahawks. Or um, <laughs> I, ADD. Um, yeah, so he can wait till next fall. And uh, after he does the golf group in the spring um, and the book club, no, um, he would do a barbecue thing in the summer, duh, because that's a sweet deck and a great view. So why would you let that go to waste? So, so then in the fall, he launches a Seahawks group where they come over after church on Sunday. They watch football together. And at halftime, they got 15, 20 minutes to pray with each other, to fellowship, whatever. Sky's the limit, right? Pray for the second half. <laughs> I like the way this man thinks. Uh, I can't argue with that. Group's calendar, three-term schedule. Uh, we launch the Sunday. Uh, we have a launch Sunday preceding each term. So the beginning of each term, we have a launch Sunday. February through the beginning of May, June through July, September through November. Basically, if you remember Basically, 12, 6, 12 give you the number of weeks in each term. So 12 in the spring, 6 in the summer. It's really like June and half of July. And then uh, 12 weeks, September through the end of November. Group launch Sundays. It's kind of nice. You can just look at your calendar pretty much every year and know what's going on. Sunday following Super Bowl. So this year would be February 10th, uh, first Sunday of June. June 3rd, I don't know, I can't remember. Um, and then Sunday following Labor Day. So you look at your calendar, when's Labor Day? The next Sunday, hey, that's group launch, awesome. Now you know, and now you can be prepared. It's really fantastic. Next, database. Um, now all of our groups are completely housed inside of CCB, and this is really fantastic because it's really easy to know how many groups we have, how many people potentially are in those groups. We can, we can have role and the tools with the CCB lead app and attendance, it's ridiculous. So uh, online directory, groups.manahouse.church. Oops. How much is that one going to cost me? <laughs> I told somebody to check this for me. My whole paycheck. Well, guys, it's been nice knowing you. So um, not the CBC app, um, the Manahouse app, because it's way cooler than that dumb old CBC app. Um, okay. Staff leading groups, because we want you to touch your chin and not your nose. Um, we, modeling is a really big deal. And so we're asking every single staff member, and really that would apply to everybody in ACLT, we're asking you, bite the bullet, lead a group. It's going to be the best thing you've jumped into in a long time. For me, even on Sundays, I meet a new person a new guy, new to the church. Hey, what are you doing on Friday morning? Why don't you come hang out with me and 15 other guys from our church? So they don't just meet me. They meet a whole bunch of people from our church and they're getting connected in relationship like crazy right off the bat. It's, it's awesome. Healthier staff because we're healthier when we're in community. Healthier people because they're healthier when they're in community. Improved leadership pipeline because people are growing. They're hanging out with us. And if we're anything worth following, and I think we are, I think this is a really great leadership team. We're going to rub off on them. That's actually kind of what Jesus did with his disciples is he rubbed off on them. 
and it's just a true form of discipleship and we're called to make disciples. Goals for 2019, very quickly, every group have an assistant leader, just in that multiplication, apprenticing kind of idea. Every group leader has a coach. Every coach has a ministry leader. Well, there you have it there, folks. Thanks again so much for uh, listening today to the Growing Faith podcast. I hope this session was helpful to you. I hope that the Lord spoke to your heart in some form or fashion. Also, just want to continue to remind you, we'd love to have your feedback, comments, questions that we could address here on the podcast. You can reach out to us at rickm at manahouse.church or markd at manahouse.church. With that, thank you so much for listening. God bless you and have a great day.